I just want you to know that I am not – I do my best to not be a kink-shaming type of guy. Do my best. Uh-oh. Do my best. Uh-huh. And there uh-huh. are some people that like to do a lot of pee-pee play and then even drink. And, you know, that's just not my kink. And I don't want to shame uh-huh. it. Uh-oh. But I am glad, Kathy, dear Catherine, uh-huh. Kathy <laughs> yes. of Cathatolicomani. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so glad that I am a morning person. So glad uh-huh. that I am a morning person uh, because not to get graphic, but, you know, I have to do body fluid management uh, in my living condition. And so uh-huh. so I to make a short story long, uh-huh. I, uh, you know, I have my coffee in my seat next to me, you know, big jug of coffee that I make and I you know mix it with water. And then I have my, you know, cold coffee throughout the day that I make. And then, you know, I have to dump out my pee jug from the night before. So, oh no. So I have that sitting next to me, and I get in the car and I'm starting to talk and make up stories. And I don't know where I am. I'm on an island or whatever, some interview. And I'm like, oh, I got coffee. And I just reach down. Oh no. And while I'm talking, and it's a totally different size jug, pick up the jug, unscrew the top while I'm talking, and go and put my face. Oh, literally. And fortunately, it's the morning. So I'm sharp and alert. And I look down and I go, that is not the coffee. Oh, boogie, boogie, boogie. And I very, very, very cautiously screwed the giant lid back onto the pea that was two inches from my mouth. Oh, my God. And I put it down, and I looked straight like a zombie, like a stoic zombie. I just looked out the front window, realizing what I had almost just done. Oh. And five seconds later, I started laughing. A lot. (laughs) And then carefully reached for my coffee. That's the type of attention I bring to Perverted Podcast, Kathy, that I'm on top of it. Uh I'm on my game. Uh Uh-huh. I'm, I'm oh you know, God. maybe not completely, but but pretty much uh, enough. So, but you're not drinking pee. That I am not, but it was close. <laughs> I'm oh, like, God. oh, dude, my mouth was like right there. And I'm just like, huh? And I'm like, fortunately, you know, oh, the brain was firing going, not coffee. That's that's not coffee. That is a, a giant. Yeah. I have to tell you that I've I've lost track of the amount of times I said the following phrase. Oh, boogie. That's an all time <laughs> low for you. <laughs> Because every time I think the last one was when you, I think, peed yourself or when you accidentally got pee everywhere as you were trying to pee in the middle of the night. Oh, that was Thanksgiving. Your, that was a, yeah. that was my Thanksgiving yes. treat to myself. That was a couple of years ago. I've had plenty of fuck ups worse than that. Well, yes. No, I don't know. That was a pretty low one. But this almost drinking a jug of your own urine is it had capped that. Okay, Boogie, it's capped that. Well, that's what I bring. That's the uh, that's the level oh. that if you're new to Perverted Podcast, that's the type of show you're going to get right uh-huh. about now. <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And because you are responsible for yourself... 
there won't be another fucking warning. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. say yay to that boogie <laughs> it was funny it was ho- oh almost horrific God. and funny <laughs> welcome to perverted podcast the show we explore the the what hello and welcome to per- you're, hello you're in hello i almost drink <laughs> i almost drank pee this morning hello and welcome to perverted podcast the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle sex and perversion as long as it's not boogie drinking pee Oh, my God. Recording live and never more grateful than now that Boogie is a morning person and was up and bright and bushy-tailed and did not drink his urine. I'm Kathy. And I am Count Boogie. And Kathy, this is going to be a remarkable show. Well, body fluid management was the heading, and I I think we can only go up from there. I'm hoping. I am hoping. (laughs) Well, here's something that I think is kind of fun because, you know, a lot of people are so happy that you're back and we got a good show today. We got Sandra. We got Enigma. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a really great show. You and I have so many conversations. I think we had a lovely conversation this morning uh, before the show. And I I want some of our listeners to understand because, you know, we're always at each other's throat and talking shit and what. But we had a conversation uh, online and I kind of I, I copied it. I copied it and I kind of want to read it to our listeners so they can understand, you know, that it's not that we're not always just at each other's throats. Kathy and I do kind of care about each other. And there is kind of. I some... mean, that's true. We're we're not always hating on each other. No, we are not always hating on each other. And here's a perfect example for the perverted podcast listeners. I had posted a picture on FetLife because I uh, had acquired some weird uh, nipple injury where I had chafed my nipple and it was bleeding. So I create this, you know, ring of to- you know paper towels and it keeps the you know shirt off my bleeding nipple which i thought was pretty clever kathy Uh was of course the first to respond (laughs) in her communicative loving supportive of her close friend (laughs) kathy responds what the hell is going on in that storage unit you homeless motherfucker stop being such a cheap (laughs) bastard buy a bandage and while you're at it why the fuck is your nipple bleeding (laughs) i know (laughs) i i know i should feel shame but that is just hilarious i'm sorry (laughs) to which i respond woman ho you know damn well why nipples bleed. They get chafed and some droplets of moisture adhere to dry to your shirt and blouse. And then when you move it, it rips the dried stuff off and now it's bleeding. If I didn't stop it, I could bleed to death through my nipple. <laughs> I couldn't find a Band-Aid and I had to act fast before I passed out, which I thought was a rational exclamation. Kathy, of course, lovingly responds, what a drama queen. <laughs> Who? bleeds to death from their nipple like you could feel the fucking sarcasm (laughs) 
To which I respond, just because your expired knockers are blowing dust from lack of use doesn't mean my succulent man lumps aren't flowing with life and thus in danger of death by milk duck orifice bleeding. It's a thing, Kathy. A thing. Kathy responds, how dare you demean my knockers? They've got plenty of life left in them, mister. To which I reply, not the way you're being stingy with them. You got to milk them udders if you want the butter. Now my Michelle jumps in. (laughs) Maybe he needs a bra because it never happens to me. Kathy immediately (laughs) jumps in in support. Exactly. Thank you, girl. They have a camaraderie going on now. It's man-hating time. Then Path Girl jumps in. Boogie, what the hell did you do to your nipple? Jeez. Hashtag can't unsee that. At which point... I felt this conversation was no longer moving in a positive direction and stopped oh, commenting. At that, at that point, you felt it wasn't moving positive? <laughs> at that point, I, f- I felt like I was being ganged up on. <laughs> and because I had lost so much blood through my nipple, I had to, I had to walk away. I had to walk away. So that's, so that's how you and I communicate off the air. Right. So, and really, then just to be clear, anybody listening can view that themselves on FetLife. That's where you had posted it, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. where it is. So, oh God damn, I hope you're God. proud of yourself. Was that an an example of how you go- and I don't hate on each other? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. we don't have that's a lot about of good as examples. nice as we get. <laughs> we, we <don't laughs> well, all our good really. examples ha- happen privately. We don't. We're rather ashamed of us being nice to each other, so we don't often talk about that or do it publicly. We, hey, hey, don't tell them. <laughs> you got an image. <laughs> we got, we I got a reputation, Mama. I just honestly, I was seriously concerned because my, my I guess my nipples are encased in in a bra, and they just don't bleed. I, You've I just, never had that? You Well, I guess not. Have you ever gone braless where you just have the shirt kind of rubbing against the nipple for a while and then and then eventually it chafes and so it, you know, it starts it and you're like, ah, shit, that's irritating. And then all of a sudden, if like a little bit of blood comes out, then it sticks to the shirt while you're sitting there and then you move the shirt and it's like a band-aid. It just rips open the thing and now you're bleeding a lot. Boogie, You've that's never, not yeah, normal. Yeah, it's kind of normal. No, for me. it's absolutely it, not. You know, maybe it's because big... it's it's cold and your skin gets dry, and you always yeah, wear that maybe. tank top, and you know that perky nipple know. thing. You know, because I do have succulent perky nipples, and maybe that's uh, you know, that's mm, just one uh-huh. of the drawbacks of being so hot. Succulent, huh? succulents <laughs> meaning they want hey mew used to constantly want to suck my nipples but they're just hideously sensitive and no so well that's mew for you they're just for the universe my man lumps are for the universe Inky news is sometimes cool and sometimes fucked up let's glory hold the planet right now with enigma yeah oh you magical beast of non-burden i'll i'll take that that sounds like a delightful beast of non-burden you are a beast of non-burden <laughs> goddamn it enigma because i enjoy every time that we hang out together and especially today as we will be talking about something that may make some people a little cringe but uh mm-hmm. some people very very titillated and excited 
But first, what's going on with you? Any plans? Oh, how can I forget? How can <laughs> I forget the praise that I must heap upon ye, O Enigma, ye and thine maple? <laughs> Together with the fuck box was an amazing demo. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was only slight. Well, you didn't do anything. <laughs> it was only <laughs> slightly uh, jealous making of me because uh, I owned that box for a while. And of course, it brought me back. That, that uh, fuck box 1000 was actually fees. Uh, in mm. the beginning, she had it from her other stuff, and she's like, I don't use this here. And I'm like, a fucking machine, of course. And it is mm -hmm. the clunkiest, <laughs> most awkward <laughs> machine, but it does the job, as we heard. Yes, it does the job. And it, uh, you said I didn't do anything. I did have to like have one hand on the box to keep it still. <laughs> And then the other hand on the dildo to keep it inside of my partner. So I, I was an active participant in this in this fuck machine. It is true. I forgot that machine in particular. Some of the ones that they make, the fancy ones mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they make, are literally just you just sit there with the control and enjoy uh, the faces that uh, your partner makes. While the machine does the work. But yes, the Fuckbox 3000, you pretty much... I had to lay on it. I remember <laughs> I was on a table and the the partner was there and it was going in her and it was clunking. And then you, I had like kind of just laid on it so I could get some, you know, other hand motion going. It's definitely... <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I had I had to lay I had to sort of lay on at one point because like because you know I was kind of exerting myself so there, like I started to sweat and then like the sweat started to get in my eye and so like I had to like <laughs> lean down so like I could keep my arm on the box and then like wipe the sweat out of my eye with my hands it was it was definitely a uh, a process but it was amazing uh, and for those of you perverted podcast listeners who are just tuning in for the first time to our show if you so go to sorry the, if you go to the last <laughs> episode 349 you can mm -hmm. hear the magical fuckbox demo and if you are a patron subscriber we actually it was actually like a 15 minute video or video, I'm sorry, audio, and uh, and so you get the longer version of the magic. The best, the only thing I will spoiler alert. The best part is when you said, "She's like, oh, this is good. Yeah, okay, this is going good." And you're like, "Do you want to go faster?" And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and you click that thing, and it's you just hear clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> and her reaction, she just goes. Whoa! <laughs> I almost fucking yes, died, the, dude. Oh, the reaction was <laughs> the facial expression was just absolutely delightful in person. It was absolutely uh, really cool. So three forty nine, if you haven't heard it, and if you want the long version, you can support us on Patreon. But this week, Enigma, mm -hmm. you and I are going to get into a topic that I I love. This this is because it's fun to play with. Well, let's just get into it. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and get us into our topic? All right. Um, our topic comes from the website mindbodygreen.com. And if you want a link to our articles, they are they can be found on our Discord server or on, uh, on our FetLife uh, group. So this article is called An, Expert Guide, An Expert's Guide to Clip Piercings, Procedures, Risks, and Photos. Uh, yeah. Don't worry. These photos are, aren't explicit, but they are kind of, you know, they give you the idea. 
So clear, clear placing seem pretty extreme, but they are uh, much more common than you might think. They are done for many reasons, but this article covers the things you need to know before jumping into it. Uh, first, you need to figure out where you want the piercings done. Uh, the external and pierceable part of the clit is usually quite small. So a lot of the piercings that are labeled under the umbrella of clit piercing are placed on or around the clit itself. Um, including, and I found this pretty entertaining, the clitoral version of the Prince Albert, the Princess Diana. Yes. Not sure either one of those royalty would appreciate the reference, but there you <laughs> go. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, the Prince Albert is a piercing that goes um, usually along the vein underneath the penis. Right. So the piercing might improve or add sensation during sexual activity, but either direct stimulation uh, or uh, simply the movement of the piercing can assist in stimulation um, after you're pierced. And you need, you need to know to be sure to go to a trained and, if possible, certified piercer. This is one of those piercings you don't want to get wrong. Yeah, yeah. This isn't like, oh, my ear got infected. I'll take it out and put some rubbing alcohol on it. This is This can be bad. Right. Typically, like if you're getting like a nose piercing or an ear piercing, that's cartilage and that's going to close up pretty quickly. Um, But especially because of the healing time for these, it can be almost two months. That's two months of not fucking. That's two months of not fucking with that area at all. And if it's done wrong, the healing time could be even longer. You could be, you know, for a nipple piercing, that's almost six months of not touching it. So if you do it wrong on the on a uh, clip piercing that, you know, that you could go much longer with that being able to do anything about that area uh the bottom line there is, is only there is only one enigma there is only one benefit of that okay and that is six months of hard anal <laughs> that it that would yes you would be like well i guess we can't use the guess vagina. that's your i mean you want the piercing you you know you are in charge of your own body so it's i guess it's hard anal for you or we or we can go back to uh when maple and i were first talking to each other and it could, you could go into like very good oral or like hand job like very good cock worship sort of fun you could definitely do that or you uh, could just go to a certified professional and have the <laughs> healing time be a little bit easier Right, or or definitely do it right. So the bottom line is a clip piercing of whatever kind can be super fun. Add some edge to yourself and your sexual expression. Just make sure it's done well, safely, and with a clear head. Bravo, bravo. Uh, A fine article. And it is a good article because it does give some good graphs. It's more like animated uh, pictures of Mm -hmm. the the graph. And it does uh, share a little more detail of how it's going to look and the hood, whether you're piercing through the hood or some, I mean, there are some that actually do go through the clit and that's insanity that (laughs) that, I don't have a clit, but if I did, I probably wouldn't be doing that. Um, So, so first off, uh, Bravo to anyone who wants to make a modification improvement, uh, to their body, you know, whatever your reason is, as long as it's positive, obviously, if it gives you power, uh, arousal, the potential for more arousal, which in some cases that does occur, or if it's just a look that you like for yourself, you absolutely have the right to do whatever you want with your body. Hopefully you're coming from a good place mentally. Uh, and if that's the case, that's absolutely fantastic. So let's get into 
some preferences. So I'll mm-hmm. start with you, Enigma. Have you ever experienced, because I have, um, the the lovely hood piercing or clit piercing? I Yes, I have. Uh, not too terribly often, but I have played with a couple of clit piercings. It definitely uh, adds a little bit of fun, uh, a little bit of kind of like extra fun to the sensations that the uh, that the bottom can get a lot of times, especially if it's kind of a porn- one of the more pronounced piercings, you can kind of like put the vibrator or play with just like lightly the piercing itself. Mm. And that's going to give a lot of sensation that kind of like vibrates into the whole um, the, the whole uh, uh, the whole clitoris body, because a lot of people um, if you're if you're unaware, the, cl- the clitoris is actually a lot bigger than a lot of people uh, no, so if you're adding a little bit of vibration that kind of goes into the clit itself, that vibration is actually going to get spread out a lot further. Um, so yeah, I, I've only played with it a couple of times, and it's it's definitely an interesting addition to to the play. I like it. Um, I have like I have a love hate relationship with clit piercings <laughs> and nipple piercings and tongue piercings for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, aesthetically, I'm not you know I'm not a super fan of it. Uh, play wise there are a lot of things especially when you get like uh, clit and nipple you can mm-hmm. do a lot of things and we'll talk about uh, some of those in a second um the only thing i don't really like about the clit piercing it is fun to play with absolutely but i like orally i mm-hmm. do not like clanking metal against my teeth <laughs> That's I fair. just don't like it. I just, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of fun at first. And then you're like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. And especially if it get if it makes my partner feel good, then of course I'm going to be supportive of that. But I will say after a few minutes of going clack, 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 <laughs> and me just sitting there going, how much is this going to cost me at the dentist? I have horrible teeth. <laughs> this <laughs> I'm just, just going to be like clack, 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 clack. And then just pieces of teeth are just shooting out, you know? And I'm like, Oh, I'm glad you're having a mm-hmm. great time. That's, $800 root canal I'm going to have to get now um, but uh, so it's not you know once again I'm kind of give or take obviously if it makes my partner feel real good about themselves then that's their their body to deal with but um, visually I'm not you know a super big fan of it because you know I'm all purity whatever that's my my hang up. Um, but as far as things to play, like you said, absolutely a vibrator on it. And once again, um, it's not a guarantee that um, right. you're going to get the extra sensation with it. For some people, it it does. It's the same as nipple piercings. Um, it's not a guarantee. Some people get really responsive uh, after getting that procedure done. And some people it's kind of ambivalent, but then of course there is the risk and especially in nipple piercings, um, it actually deadens the sensations, uh, for some. So there, there Mm -hmm. is some risk that, uh, not only will it not increase the sensations, but it might actually interfere with some of your sensations. But for the people that it does increase their sensations, oh boy, is it fun to torment them. Um, <laughs> you talked about putting the vibrator on top of it. That's a, that's a, that's an amazing uh, thing. You can, if you want to do temperature play, I wouldn't recommend heat. Um, you can do like a blow dryer and right. then, you know, you know, put a little heat on it, but ice cubes for sure. Um, if you put ice cubes on it, that will chill the metal all the way through. And it's a little deeper and more internal with the Mm -hmm. freezing. My thing is, uh, uh, one of the fun things to do is you tie a little string around it (laughs) 
And then you can literally go, because you know me, I'm big on the anal hook pulls and standing, mm. ac- you know, being across the room and how far can you get away from somebody while still being connected to them. You know, you could do something. I haven't done this. I've done this with needles. Um, I've done whole like making harps out of needle play. Um, but you can run string through rings at various places and then just literally tie that off to the clip piercing. Um, if you can get both end it around both ends and then literally just sit at the end of the room and just tug it while your partner's tied up. Mm-hmm. And that could be surely a lot of fun just making them squirm that way. So I definitely think it's a lot of fun. It, it is a lot of fun. And, and I would think that somebody who's done this has done, uh, I think typically, typically done other kinds of piercings. And I think uh, I have seen a really, really cool, like you were talking about, uh, kind of chains that connect like if they're if their nipples are pierced you can connect the nipples and the clit together oh, and then maybe put put that around some sort of collar or gag so like their movements are are sent through all of their piercings and all of the chain like if they pick their head up at all it like it tugs on all three at once like you can definitely um, add some some uh, power dynamic play to to these kinds of piercings that um, is is incredibly simple. It's one of those things where uh, you don't have to actually put a lot of like. Yes, there's going to be some time in letting everything heal, but you don't necessarily have to get like you know become MacGyver to make these things these things become really really fun in some sort of kinky sexy way. Absolutely, and of course, in in any time that you're going to be playing or pinching or twisting. Uh, of course you remember that it is a solid metal, a solid object that is not as forgiving and flexible as flesh. Mm -hmm. So if you're twisting something hard against something that's softer, you can pinch, you can cut, you know, so obviously you're going to be careful, take some time, learn some things. There's people that do this type of play on a regular basis because they're all pierced up and, uh, but in general, I'm I'm gonna say if if it's something that you're really drawn towards, uh, other than the safety issues and making sure that you take the best care of your body while you do it, I think you know go for it. Yeah, this I, this definitely isn't a piercing I would do drunk in Vegas. So de- definitely definitely do <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Wake up and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> why why does why does my pussy hurt? I don't understand. That hurts and it's cold and I. That is oh. <laughs> great segment. <laughs> Didn't make me squirm as much as if we would have said, you know, you know, taking a railroad spike and and piercing nut sacks into a board. Um, I mean, we could we could do that next time. Next time, railroad spikes through the nut sack <laughs> into Actually, a board. I, I feel like that's more of a my Michelle conversation than than Pro- a me conversation. Probably, but you know, she's <laughs> probably done something similar. I know that exactly, exactly. Well, Enigma, thank you very much. And if people once again want to get a hold of us at Perverted Podcast, where do they go? Well, they can uh, contact contact us on our social media. They can find us on Twitter at Perverted Pcast. They can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast, and they can find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. FetLife is the place where unicorns play, but then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on FetLife. For your peace of mind, please know the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. And today, we it's been quite a while since we read a post by the ferret. Uh, one, I'll, 
Ah, I knew you were going to make that noise. Farrah wrote a post called The Markers of My Seduction, in which he says, scent is what roots me to my lovers, which is why when I start fantasizing about someone, I invariably imagine the distinct sense of their bodies, even though I have no way of knowing what they're like. I imagine the scent of her skin as I brush back her hair with my fingertips and bury my face in the nape of her neck. I imagine the scent of her shoulders as we writhe naked on the bed. I imagine the scent as I rest my cheek on her bare thigh, my face inches from her pussy. And lastly, I imagine the scent of a warm hotel bed after a night's rest, the both of us curled up on the covers, and of waking up from the nostrils first with my eyes closed and my muscles relaxed, realizing that we'll have to have each other again before the morning is ended. Ooh. Mm. Ah. My nipples are chafed. I mean, perky. <laughs> you know, I got a, I got an O-ring I can create so they don't, they don't get bleeding. I just uh, nipple talk barriers. shit about it, but it'll work. <laughs> nipple berries. It's a nipple gasket. A nap, a nap, get, get a nap, a nap, get, whatever. Uh, I, I like this. Uh, it's interesting that we're going <laughs> to, it's the human body show today on perverted podcast. <laughs> I, I like this post as a person that is not into odors because I have a hypersensitive smell. So a lot of odors become very overwhelming to me. And that's a, has been a problem with me and a lot of my lovers, not just with my lovers, but it's been a problem with me on not wanting to be anywhere near somebody if I'm dirty or, you know, even slightly any funk or whatever, like I get very self-conscious about it because my sense of smell is so, so I figure everyone must have the sensitivity that I have. So this is, it's always interesting to me when people are like, oh, I love the smell of, you know, the sex or this person and not, you know, to the point to where it's overly, you know, crazy, but just people like sense. And it's just always been very strange to me. Right. Uh, I tend to feel the same way. I don't, I started looking at it completely different though. Um, I am into sense. I love sense. It's just that I have a very strong line beyond which the, a, a very strong barrier to entry. So I don't enter into the scent club, but that doesn't mean I don't like sense or I'm not into sense. It's just that my barrier to entry is a lot lower than people who are just fanatically into a uh, human body odor of any kind. So I, that distinct line, I'm just like you, makes it very um, difficult with my partners because they, they can get offended or they don't understand. And, and case in point, my ex-girlfriend had uh, anosmia and anosmia is um, a lack of s smell. Uh, mm. She literally could not smell anything. I mean, you put her nose up against it, she couldn't smell it. Everything she did was through taste. Needless to say... Uh, she loved going down on me and didn't matter where I had taken a shower that morning or the night before. To her, it didn't matter at all. So I had the reverse problem with her where she could not care less what I smelled like. Right. But I, I read this post and thought, what the hell are Boogie and I going to talk about? Because neither one of our, us are into sense. And I had to totally turn my uh, opinion around because that's absolutely not true. We are. It's just that our barrier to entry <clears throat> excuse me, or our threshold is a lot lower than other people's. The kind 
of scents that I like, I can count maybe on both my hands and that's about it. And I have a definite point beyond which I don't like going. But before I hit that line, holy fuck, scent is everything. And scent of someone that I'm physically attracted to can send me over the edge and it immediately makes my body perk up, my imagination perk up. And I am there and you can actually get me to do a lot of things that I normally wouldn't do because that goes straight to my brain, that particular scent, and will make me, put me in such an uh, open mood that it turns around every opportunity that I thought I had. And when I realized that, I thought, you know, fuck it, I am into scents. It's just that I may not be into all the scents that you motherfuckers are. I think it's a wonderful thing that you talked about what happens in the mind. Because once again, Perverted Podcast, we're not experts on anything. You can figure that out within 20 seconds of listening to the show. But we do take on topics and then we go study it and then we talk about some shit and then hopefully you go and study your more. So I did go and study the olfactory center, which is the the part of your brain that processes odors and scents and then how your brain interprets that and responds to that. And I've read these studies before that the olfactory nerve is also connected to the amygdala, which is uh, has a lot of responsibility for some of those sexual traits. It's not all of it. And then it gets into the hippocampus, you know, whatever shit. So if you have a neuro, oh the hippocampus, the hippocampus, <laughs> you know, I can never pronounce that. Medulla oblongata. So. Obviously, if we have some uh, neurophysicists or whatever, you can write us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what idiots I am. Um, I like how I pluralized me being more than one idiot. Um, so those two centers are actually very closely related to each other in distance. And so, of course, if you have people, you know, like we talk all the time about Hollywood Daddy because he is our our person that is very attracted to scents. He loves armpit odors, all the odors. And he, when he talks about it, it's very primal. And he's like, mammals have been greeting each other by sniffing each other's ass for millions of years. It is part of how we interpret things. And then our nose has been trained away from recognizing a lot of these uh, scents and stuff like that. And so he's very super into scents. And what they've discovered, uh, what is some of the discovery is, is that since those areas are so close, if one person tends to have more pathways crisscrossing those centers, then there is more arousal that happens. And that's a possibility of what people with like strong foot fetishes and things like that, um, that these are possibilities. They're still doing a lot of research on it, but in general, there is some, some brain science to why some people are more attracted to odors than others. Now, what I was wondering is, well, does that count for like carrots and lemons, you know, because why is it just, you know, feet and armpits that get people aroused, you know, are there people that are attracted that get, a boner when they smell a good carrot. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I scent is not just sexual for me. It does obviously go into other areas. I can still to this day, remember what it, what it felt like when I was, when I was in Italy with my sister and we could smell people burning leaves. It immediately, oh, immediately yeah. puts me in a 
calm, relaxed, languid, happy frame of mind. I can remember what the the croissants smelled like in the morning when they were delivered to our door, that smell of buttery yeast and and it and it can with like a switch put me in a different frame of mind. And the same is true if I'm with someone, male or female, who is wearing leather and I'm kissing them and I can smell their cheek and their uh, the nape of their neck, that mixes with the leather, leather. And for some reason, the smell of leather and someone's skin combined kind of uh, imprints me to them. I can't, I imprints them on my brain. I can't stop thinking about wanting to be near them and naked against them. And I don't know why those particular combinations, and I could go on about sexual smells and what they do for me, but I don't know what it is about those scents that make those reactions happen any more than I know why my genetics mean that, you know, I have this body type or the, you know, whatever that's going on with my brain or my body. So I'm, I just make note of them. I like them when they happen. And the list of things that are offensive to me in odor, in the odor world are bigger than the ones that I enjoy when it comes to sexuality. But that doesn't mean I don't like sense. I got a theory I'm going to throw out, Kathy. Give me your theory, got, Boogie. Got a theory, and especially hearing you talk about Italy and how those scents created a peaceful feeling or whatever. Now then, what we do know, which I, I do, I have studied a lot of, is the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system, which is mm-hmm. fight or flight, you know, feed and breed, you know, freeze, you know, all the ones that they have. So... Your smell is there as part of your survival to let you know what is in your environment. You can't see something, but you can smell it. So you can, in nature, you can smell a predator. You can smell prey. You can smell certain types of berries. You can smell poisonous berries. And all of those things create a trigger for that fight or flight response. So obviously, a lot of people have not been eaten alive or beaten to death by a buttery Italian croissant. So (laughs) your mind, when it's, when it smells that it says, this is a food you like. And it, and it in inspires that homeostasis, which is your resting space. So you can enjoy your buttery croissant. And in regards to like sexuality, maybe with like the leather and, the uh, and the flesh, because you have so many memories, uh, you know, like you are a leather dyke lover. There is no doubt that that is Kathy's jam mm-hmm. because you have those two things together. Your that smell triggers your brain into either sexuality, relaxation, or if it's a smell that. You know, obviously, if we smell gas, that's going to ignite a, a different response because we're like, hey, this could be a, we could die. We could be a fire. Right. So so I think as we go more, I really do like the Hollywood daddy idea about purging your instincts to get away from smells. And that's what's so great about going to nature for a while where there's not millions of smells and chemicals and plastics and this food and that food. When you go into nature, it then goes back to those rudimentary natural smells. And I think your brain after a while of being in nature can kind of reprogram itself to actually recognize things more. 
Yeah. I, I understand the mechanics of the sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system. And, and I, I get it. I, especially, uh, lately since, uh, you know, the terrible year that my sister and I have had, it has made us, um, delve into why we're so sensitive and it has had me researching the whole sensitivity why and that's not just oh you're being sensitive the it, people right, use right. that in the the pejorative as if it's a bad thing you're supposed you're not supposed to be sensitive it used to keep to you alive in you. the caveman days it's true it's a genetic thing to be extra sensitive it's not something that i created i'm not a weak person for doing it but it's ever since that has happened my sister and i in addition to all the work we've been doing through therapy and in other ways to get through this is that we bring into our house the things that bring us that comfort that that enact the parasympathetic nervous system the the right. the jasmine flowers that are in our yard that for some reason immediately put a smile on our face and i just this morning before uh, uh we were going to get on i thought i have enough um time before i got to record with boogie let me go in the backyard and i started cutting huge swaths of this beautiful star <laughs> jasmine <laughs> to bring inside and the whole house smells of it and it immediately puts us in a great mood when when you need it when you are fighting trauma when you are fighting your own mind that is trying to bring to the forefront of your mind terrible things that have happened Scent is absolutely something that comes to my rescue and her rescue. And so, and it does not stop with food or with just making us feel calmer. It absolutely travels into the, the area of interpersonal relationships and sexuality and being intimate with other people. Look at that. We actually sound sort of coherent. I know. What the fuck? What happened? Pervertedpodcast at gmail.com if you have other <laughs> points of view on this amazing and wonderful topic of smells and stuff like that. And especially there's tons of research online and we encourage you to get to that. It was a good time. Good time thinking about sniffers. <laughs> <laughs> Our reading today, boys and girls, comes from the Girl Scout classics, Samoas. They're a crisp cookie with caramel, coconut, and dark chocolatey stripes. But we all know that's not all what's in there. There's sugar, vegetable oil, enriched flour, vitamin B2, folic acid. Corn syrup, coconut, sweetened condensed milk. Contains 2% or less of sorbitol, cocoa, glycerin, invert sugar, cocoa processed with alkali, cornstarch, salt, caramel, color, dextrose, Natural and artificial flavors. Soy lecthin. Sorbidin tristerate. Leavening. And carrageenan. Contains wheat, coconut, milk, and soy ingredients. And this one goes out to all of our good girls. Selling those cookies, baby. Oh, yeah. Enigma. 
Sandra, my love, my sweet, my darling. Hey, Count Boogie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah, I think at least a year. At least a That's year. Cool. People been asking about you. You are our favorite predicament bonded, bondage person. Actually, oh yes. It, oh, have they really been asking? asking you're actually about you're me? actually our I'm only not. predicament bondage uh, <laughs> person that we have on the show. But yeah, people loved you, and you've it's, it's been so much fun to always have. And of course, you and I have been friends for years and years and years. So that's it, right. It's always fun when we get to hang out. Uh, you just shot some uh, video, by the way, for everyone that is uh, joining Perverted Podcast New. This is Sandra from TrannysInTrouble.com. You are a predicament bondage expert, and you shoot lots of video of said predicament bondage. Right. Well, yeah, I don't want to like rain on your parade. I guess predicament. Uh, it's I would say more like damsel in distress bondage, but oh, there is well, that's a predicament, predicament isn't it? Thing. It is. I mean, for me, like the typical scenario is, you know, someone gets tied up and they get robbed and they get left in a hotel room. And, uh, that well, isn't I, that how I, it normally is supposed to be? Isn't that how it should just go? Except there should be some play in there. There is usually some play. People get uh, messed with a little, and then, uh, but they always end up alone in a motel room, tied up and gagged. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. As you do. Usually, usually uh, you know, a crappy motel room. There's, there's like, there's a few like favorite ones here in the valley that I shoot in all the time, and. I just I don't want them to find out what I'm doing because um, I want to come back and keep shooting. I don't. I mean, if you've been there enough times, do do they recognize you when you come in? Oh yeah, there's one every time I come in. They go, oh hi. See, they, look, they don't care. They, they I don't think so. They don't care as long yeah. as you're not making noise and breaking stuff and leaving all sorts of crazy fluids all over the place. Right. There's only been a couple times. That's one of my biggest fears. There's been a couple times when the front desk called up and said oh hey you know the neighbors said they were hearing some noises and and i always say something like oh oh i'm so sorry my boyfriend's here we'll keep it down and you know right they'll laugh and yeah no worries they're all laughing yeah, like... that's one of my that's yeah that's one of my biggest fears is having someone come to the door knocking on the door you know what's going on in there when you know some cross-dresser is tied up on the bed and yeah <laughs> I, you know, I, I just at, at a seedy motel, Sandra. I'm pretty sure they've seen that. Yeah, they may have. I'm, I'm sure they've seen everything there. So I mean, from 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 same. suicides in the closet to uh, right to trans tied up on the bed. I'm pretty sure it's a flexible funhouse. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they've. Yeah, they've seen a lot. So now, when you shoot. You just shot with somebody, so it was pretty much like a damsel in distress. Were you tied up, or were they tied up? Uh, no, I was just I was some with a couple friends in Vegas and shot a few scenes there. That was really low pressure because you know, these are just friends, so we're just hanging out. Uh, I was doing the shooting though, so I was not tied up. Oh, so you just got to be the little creeper voyeur? Yeah, right. I was the photographer, and uh, I am. I have a shoot coming up this week though, where I am going to get tied up, and that's. So I'm really looking forward to that, shooting with a new uh, photographer, rigger, who has a lot of experience. So um, I'm looking forward to that. It has the potential to be a really good one. I think uh, as far as, like, job descriptions go, uh-huh. you know, 
probably not the worst job. Yeah, doing what I'm doing, running a bondage website for crossdressers and trans girls. It's yeah, it's 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 pretty good. I mean, it's 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 um it's a lot of work. It's it can be high pressure. There's times when I'm really stressed out before a shoot because you know you go in with this feeling like, can I pull this off and make it work? Uh, so there is that ongoing stress, but it's um, I've been doing it for 19 years, so I want to get to wow. 20 and um, and then see what's next. So I'll probably just <laughs> if I make it to 20, I'll probably just be 21, 22, <laughs> 22. Bar- but you barring know any ac- accidents big. or it sounds good though. Like yeah, when it's... we were like, oh, when we hit show 300, you know, that's gonna be, and it's like now we're 350, and we're like, yeah, you. You keep going, but at least you, you know, have a little celebration. You put in a uh-huh. lot of time on something. You made a lot of people happy. Right. A lot of people have been to trainingsintrouble.com. Notice how I keep throwing that in there because I'm a good marketer for my friends. Yeah, um, I, I appreciate that. A, a lot of people have enjoyed what you've done. It's been a specialty niche. Niche? Niche? Yeah, either one. Right. E- either <laughs> I think, one. I think, I think in French it's niche. Niche. But, uh, okay. Well, of course, we want to be fancy, right? Right. So, yes, not to be, not to be pretentious. Yeah. Not to. Well, because you know me, you know, hanging out <laughs> in a Starbucks parking lot to record a fucking a nice creepy podcast. But I did have some <laughs> questions because I thought this would be good. This to me is going to be one of the greatest segments because you're a longtime friend of mine. We've known each other for years. And I was actually able to find a topic. Usually, your uh, emotional arc is pretty stable. Uh-huh. You're pretty stable in your emotional arc. There's not, you know, you're a great straight character. I love you as a straight character. But I asked you to do a topic with me that I right. feel that I finally got some emotional, judgy self-righteous arc out of Sandra finally <laughs> and it tickles me to no end and so right. we're gonna talk about that and I asked you I thought hey you know Sandra trannysintrouble.com you know you host teas you, you know the crossdresser party you probably have a lot of information right. for people who are interested in first time crossdressing you know, maybe they don't know. And I'm like, who am I? You know, that's a good topic to cover on the show. And I sent you this email with this great idea. <laughs> you, <laughs> can I? Yeah, yeah, I can. Be, I can be a little. I can be a little judgy just because. Uh, yeah, I hear from so many people, and I do have quite a few tips. I'm not the greatest crossdresser in the world, but I'm pretty good. And, but yeah, I, I do hear from people, and uh, the thing that drives me crazy is when the, you know someone wants to dress, but they won't make any effort to about it, and uh, <laughs> so I can't be pretty judgmental. So it's like I'll hear from I, I'm, like for cross dressing. If you're just getting into it, it doesn't have to be real fancy or anything. You don't have to you know you don't have to look like a drag queen on RuPaul, but but there are basic things you have to do and i think the first thing is you got to shave your entire body and <laughs> and i understand some people can't do that right you do as much as you can and and shave the sideburns off that that drives me crazy <laughs> it's like you know if you're a guy and you want to be a crossdresser just you don't need the sideburns anymore it's you know it's you, but, it, you have to but, there's certain things you have to jettison and that's one of them you have to get rid of but sandra so what shave. if 
what if the guy is a beard model? Like he's a beard model, <laughs> but you know, and he's going to lose his livelihood, but he just really, really wants to explore his, his female empowerment side and wants, you know, what are you going to do, man? Well, you, you can, you don't have to shave the beard, but you got to shave your body. I mean, <laughs> fair, you know, fair or, enough. Just, or, or just don't get into it at all. I mean, <laughs> I, I, some, some people have limits. There's, I understand there's some people you, you can't do it or if, or if you're in a relationship where your partner doesn't want you to shave their body uh but i would always i would always say you know sometimes you have to look at a relationship if someone doesn't want you to pursue something that's going to make you happy you have to question is that the right relationship or are there things that need to be examined there so i do i uh, do agree with that and and we're let's talk a little bit about that but let's just say they're willing to meet sandra's requirements shave the body and no sideburns you can have a big fat goatee hanging right off the middle draped over over your breasts but no no sideburns so let's just say yeah, I, don't, I don't know about the goat i mean you're not gonna be on my website if you, if you have the goatee <laughs> but you know you can you can uh, sometimes i'll someone will pay me to meet with them for the evening and help dress them up and tie them up you know like requires a fee of course but so you can if you want to wear a goatee that's fine but to be on the to be on my website to do the photography no you have to you, you, you got to go shaved. for it you got to you got to put yeah. in the effort so let's just say yeah and most of the people I, most of the people I shoot with are cross dressers or trans girls who you know they have a lot of experience putting a look together and they've been doing this for a while so it's it's really hard to take someone who has no experience and just really make them look great um you know, if they're like 22 years old and really slender, that's another story. But but let's but yeah, just it's hard to transform someone. But let's just say, all of the judgment aside, I like how I'm being the defender now. All of the all of the judgment aside, of course, there is the pinnacle that you would go for, which is full body shave. You know that you can look the part, and you put in that effort to look as good as you can. But right. at the basics. Like, what are some of the th- like? Where do you get oversized shoes? Like, if guys' feet are guys' feet are bigger, like, are there special right. places that you get shoes, or should you go to like thrift stores, or like, I don't know why thrift stores would have big high heels. I don't know why I even said that. That sounds completely yeah. Stupid. They don't. <laughs> they won't. They won't have them. <laughs> like, yeah, go to a thrift store. I'm like, no, you can go to thrift store for dresses. Sure. And maybe get some large size dresses, but for like shoes and stuff, if you want to wear shoes, where would you go for that? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of places online. Uh, there's a place like Pleaser brand heels. A lot of cross dressers wear those, and they tend to have the larger sizes. Um, so yeah, getting the big heels isn't that hard. You know, just doing a Google search is a lot. And there's there are stores that cater to cross dressers and trans people. And um, like there's one in they're online glamour boutique. I've, they're they're really small. I, I've, I've shopped from them. Or I've shopped from them a lot over the years. But uh, that's they cater to cross dressers. There's a, a stocking place in Florida. Uh, stockingshowcase.com that I like a lot. Really nice people, and a lot of crossdressers buy from them. They have the shiny hose. So I mean, you, there's lots of stuff online you can order. Um, 
And, you know, um, along the same lines of just dressing, one of the mistakes I made when I was starting out is, yeah, I just waited too long. I felt like I had to really know how to do it. And just that hesitation, like, well, I don't know makeup, so I'll, I'll wait. I'm, I'm not really there yet. But there's there's so much you can do to get started, and it doesn't have to be super fancy. There's tons of YouTube tutorials online, and there's things you can buy uh, without spending a ton of money. And the best way to do it is just start experimenting and, and doing some dressing. Right. Absolutely. So, and as far as uh, dresses and stuff like that, like we said, if you want to go on the the down low, you know, obviously uh-huh. uh, there's places that you can go online. The And of course, the makeup tutorials, like that's a whole, like from TikTok to YouTube to any, there, there is a ton of that are cross-dresser and trans-specific, you know, Absolutely. Uh, on how to yeah. do that. And uh, dare I say, even ones that teach you to put makeup over and around the sideburns. That Sandra would absolutely not approve of. <laughs> but if you're going to do it, you know, uh, do it. Now then, I had a question, a real quick one, on what your opinion is. Because now I know from the time of being around you and your tease party and threshold where there's a, a lot of cross-dressing and trans. Um, right. I know some of the trans because... Of not wanting to have their family know that they're a cross-dresser, they'll, like, get a storage unit or a special place to keep Mm -hmm. their clothes, to keep their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people do that. I've, uh, there was a, yeah, there was a store here in the Valley that they used to do that. They had, they would have lockers you could rent and store your stuff there, um, you know, catering to cross-dressers mostly. Yeah, because obviously having it in your trunk, uh, you know, a lot of people, they get in an accident, the cops pull them over, you know, and uh, what's this? It's a size 13 fucking heel. Uh, you know, there's, there's ways if you want to be discreet about it. You know, in a perfect world, everyone would uh-huh. be able to just be themselves, do what they yeah. do, and fuck anyone that doesn't like it. Um, yeah, yeah. But if so. you are in a position to where you're worried about your job or your family finding out or your friends or whatever, then you do have to kind of consider how to be discreet at this point, mm-hmm. you know, with with what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a real shame. I mean, I've, I've often thought that if uh, if everyone who is into cross dressing suddenly was out of the closet, I mean, it would really change society and our attitudes towards it. Uh, it's it's just really it can just be really soul crushing if you're in a relationship where you have to keep it hidden. And I know people who are married and for 20 years and their wife doesn't know and they must never know. And just what a burden that must be. So. Yeah, that's some. I mean, I was thinking about that because obviously on the show and in in the lifestyle that you and I have been a part of for a long time, you a lot longer than me. You know, the the goal is honest communication with your partners and acceptance. And even if there's things where there's disagreements, you work through it and you find that that place where you can allow each other to be. And that all sounds great. That sounds great, and for me, that is a must. I cannot, I cannot be in a relationship with somebody that I have to hide who I am. 
I'll hide it yeah, from their absolutely. family. I don't, you know, 90% of the women that I've dated, their family never even knew I was alive. So that doesn't right. bother me. But my partner, you're my partner. I need to have that, you know, ability to be honest about what I'm into with you. But then there's that side that, yeah, that's me. But what if it's like family and deep rooted and your religions and, you know, mm -hmm. you're tied in with houses and property and finances, you know, like I can kind of get my head around the fact that some people are like, hey, I can't tell my family, but it it's got to suck. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah, it's got to totally suck. I and mean, I, I think sometimes people can surprise you and they can deal with it better than you might think. Like my mom, for example, really did not like that I was into this. Uh, I, 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 in fact, I knew she would take it so badly that I took the coward's way and my dad was much more open-minded and I had him tell her uh, <laughs> about my dressing because I said, you know, mom's going to hate this. And I was right. She did not like it for about two years. And uh, if I'd told her, she probably would have screamed at me. But right. um, which you know, I should have been brave enough to tell her myself, but I didn't. So, um, I, but eventually, you know, she you you accept it as much as you can. Eventually, at least she did. Right. And um, so, sometimes people can surprise you, and sometimes it can just be a shit show. And you know, yeah, the truth and comes out. and that is something that you have to kind of weigh those risks. And once again. I don't want to recommend people be dishonest in their relationships, but I have to say I understand that there are individuals, you know, because maybe you develop this desire, you know, 10, 12 years into your relationship. You know, maybe this isn't something you've always been like. If you come into a relationship and you know you're a certain way and you hide that from your partner, I think that's unethical yeah. and misrepresenting yourself to your partner which is just going to create problems later. Right. But if it's something that you're like, wow, I'm really, as I change, I'm, my sexuality is evolving. You know, my desires are evolving. You know, I can understand that you're in a relationship with someone that you know this is going to end poorly. And then you just kind of got to, you know, weigh the risks. You know, what do you have right. to lose about this? But ultimately, if it's something that you can do and enjoy... And uh, and especially if you have a partner that's supportive of that, then you don't have to go through any of this hiding mumble jumbo and you can just focus on, uh, you know, living up to Sandra's expectations of shaving your body <laughs> and your your sideburns completely off. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're a crossdresser, part of your job is you got to keep shaving your body and it never ends. Well, so. let me tell you something, Sandra, as I'm not real. Well, I cross-dressed. I wore a lot of dresses and skirts and stuff in my 20s, and I looked pretty goddamn hot, you know, uh -huh. and I had my long flowing mohawk, and it was a look, and I didn't wear underwear right. on stage, and women were grabbing my dick, so I'm like, this is a win. This is an absolute win. Um, but I shave my body. Like, my arms are shaved right now. I shave my armpits. I shave, you know, I don't. I just don't like hair. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I'm totally, that's... yeah, I'm totally with you on the shaving thing. But, you know, like I said, if you're a beard model or maybe you're a gay man that's a bear model, maybe that's that's your whole gig is that you're hairy. 
then you know you just got to make it work. Right, right. You just got to make it work. You, yeah, right. You, yeah. You won't be on traineesintrouble.com, but you can hopefully <laughs> have a, a great time being yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone should embrace who they are and have fun with it. And you know, my my hang up about shaving the body that's that's my problem but it's not, well, it's your preference you're allowed someone, to have your preference right yeah i mean certainly for doing the photography i'm doing it's it's required i mean you can you can someone could wear long sleeves it, there's ways around it and i've done that a few times but that's not ideal uh sandra i love the fact that you are you i love your choices uh I love talking to you. You have fantastic experiences. And uh, thank you so much for being with us for a little bit today. Oh, thank you, Boogie. It's always always great hearing from you. And, uh, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. I appreciate it. Trannysintrouble.com. No more wee-wee for you, Boogie. <laughs> Keep that jug away from you in the morning. <laughs> That is the end of show 350. It is. Please visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and consider becoming a supporter of the show by contributing just $5 a month if you give a fuck. And don't forget that uh, we would really love to hear from you if you you feel like saying anything to us about what we've said. Like you, you two are... You two motherfuckers are absolutely crazy. We love hearing emails like that. Please send us a message at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit us on fetlife.com under our profile perverted podcast yes indeed kathy and some new things that are coming up for our lovely and magical patrons uh i finally figured out how to work a zoom meeting uh i'm very very happy (laughs) i actually went to an aa meeting uh one of the first aa meetings i've been to i went online and it actually worked and and uh so so but by doing that i figured out how to do it so i reached out to our patron subscribers and said, hey, I'm going to set up two uh, virtual meet and greet, you know, munch. And then maybe I'll bring like a little topic of discussion or whatever. And I'll do one for kind of people on the U.S. East Coast-ish time. And then I'll do one uh, eight hours ahead for all of our listeners because we have a lot of them on the U.K. side and all the Scandinavian countries. Everyone's in that, like Iceland, U.K., Germany. Other, It's all eight hours ahead. They have like one fat-ass time zone, and it's eight hours ahead. So I'll just do it here at noon, and then that would be like 8 p.m. their time on a weekday or something because who the fuck's going to cancel a weekend to do 40 minutes with me? So, um, But that is going to be something I'm going to be setting up. I'm going to be talking to the patron uh, subscribers and see what days are best. I'm assuming a midweek kind of thing. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much to our glorious show sponsor, Headley. And uh, a lot of fun. Just starting to have a lot of fun. Just the new formats coming together. Uh, Kathy, it's amazing. Amazing having you back. And just amazing to feel engaged uh, in what we're doing here. So that's pretty awesome. And the fact that (laughs) we've done 350 episodes. Oh, my God. I don't know. That number sticks even more than 300 because yes, it is more than 300. Never mind. I almost drank pee today. Um, 350 <laughs> is a lot of goddamn shows. And uh, and I don't know if it's made us any better, but uh, it possibly has. So we will see you guys next time for show 351. Yay. Ooh.
in your urethra might cause your ween to burn and sting certain STDs like the clapagonorrhea might feel like the very same thing sex with many nameless partners is awesome in so many ways but remember there's always a cost so if you don't play it safe bet your ass someday you're gonna pay a rubber on your dingle might reduce the tingle, but it beats having your dick fall off. Or even worse, getting stuck with 18 years of child support payments, cause you got drunk and knocked a Catholic girl up. Solo, go. Sex life can get pretty rocky When you got bumpies all over your cocky Oh boo-boo nasties on your coochie Might limit potential for smoochie smoochie Pills and treatments can cost a buttload Not to mention all the discomfort and pain So remember to plan ahead because we know that men are useless once they have sex on the brain. A rubber on your tingle might reduce the tingle, but it beats having your dick fall off. Or even worse, doing anal with someone who's had a bad stomach day and winding up with poop on your cock. It happens. Condoms may suck, but they're effective At helping your crotch not be defective The sex may last ten minutes, but herpes will be your buddy Every day for as long as you live And if you're infected, you better be honest Don't cause the health of another to be harmed Cause it sucks when a pissed off vengeful chick takes five full cans of spray paint and writes fucked up shit all over your car. A rubber on your tingle might reduce the tingle, but it beats having your dick fall off. So cover up your junk before you fill her up with spunk. I'm so glad we had this nice little talk. We really are. (laughs) 